All right, today is Encourage Part 3. Oh, is that that small? Did I put that? Okay. All right. Remember, our mission is hope for the city, hope for the world. Amen. And so, um, if you ever want to come on Saturday and help with our food ministry, listen, just w walk around Richard. He's probably out in the foyer right now, but he, he comes every Saturday and he walks around and he talks to everybody in their car. If you ever want to do that, you can do that. Amen. You can come with him and we're going to put together some invites to get them here. So I want to read this scripture to you again. If you can stand with me and we'll read this one. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that over us today, God, that, Lord, that your word just dwell in us so rich, God. All wisdom, Lord, that, Lord, we could share, we could teach. Lord, we could even sing psalms and hymns over people, God. We could be that encourager, Father God, that builds people up instead of tearing them down, God. That, Lord, that we be builders of the kingdom of God, encouragers towards life, Father. We thank you and we love you for this time in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Well, remember, we've talked about in Encourage, we've talked about acceptance because, remember, we're talking about accepting people, not sin. And it's not that you got to rebuke sin. God takes care of that, doesn't he? The Holy Spirit convicts of sin. You're not the Holy Spirit, amen? So you don't got to convict people of their sin because, listen, people know what sin is. People know what their sin is. You know what your sin is. <laughs> no, no comments? <laughs> that's, so, you know, but we need to accept people, amen, and get them in and then get them saved. Because listen, I love to fish. Went fishing on Thursday, didn't get a, well, I think I got one bite because my line got snapped off. But I love to fish. But there's one thing I can't do. I can't clean the fish before I catch it. You can't clean somebody up until God saves them, amen? Until God saves them. You can't save anybody, but what you can do is show them the way to salvation, amen? That's our job, to show them the way. Everybody say, show them. That's our job. Show them the way to salvation. And when you do that, and then as they come in, then the Holy Spirit does an amazing work of cleaning the fish. He does. Man, I, I just look back on my life and I think of how he, he just cleaned me up. And you know, some of it, sometimes it hurts a little. You know, it's a little painful, but you know, we can't be the judge and jury of people. We got to accept them in. And let God clean them, amen? Let the Holy Spirit do the work. And so that's what we want to do. And we want to come into fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. We need fellowship. We need each other. Look at your neighbor and say, we need you. Come on now. We need you. We really do. We need each other. And, and, you know, fellowship, you know, small groups getting together and, um, you know, like they did last, last Friday. It's so essential to connect with people in the body of Christ. 
You know, I mean, you want to you wanna go out and win the world, but you want to be so built up in your faith and encouraged in your faith that when you go out in the world, you're, you're not going to be swayed by what other people are doing. You know, because if you used to go to the bar all the time and you want to go back and you want to win the people at the bar, you can't do that unless you're full of faith because otherwise you're just going to enter in to what they're doing. It's a lot easier to pull somebody down than to pull somebody up. Amen. I mean, I stand on a chair. You can pull me down real easy, but I have a tough time pulling you up. So fellowship is key to our walk with the Lord and getting along with each other. Because listen, you're going to spend eternity with each other. Think about that. You're going to spend eternity with each other. So we got to get along, amen, because we got to get along here so we can ha- make it happen there. And, and then when you get together in a group, make room for the next we're starting into today, for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, it says, Earnestly desire the best gift, and yet I show you a more excellent way. But he, he's telling us to desire the gifts of the Spirit. That you should earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. It should be something that you desire in your life to walk in, to use, to see God move through you, that the Holy Spirit pours through you and he moves through you in a powerful way. We were talking about uh, deliverance the other day. Discerning of spirits. I was in Japan one time. Japan's like 1% Christian. It's a tough place, very tough place spiritually. So we go there and we're not ministering to Japanese people. We're ministering to Peruvians and Brazilians in Japan. Because after World War II, a lot, um, a lot of Peruvians, Brazilians, well, I mean, the Peru and Brazil opened up their borders to Japanese to come. So there's a lot of Japanese in those countries. So now Japan's opened their borders up to Peruvians and Brazilians to come, and they do a lot of your blue-collar jobs in Japan. So there's a lot of Peruvian and Brazilian churches. I mean, I spoke twice a day for 12 days at least. And I remember we, we got, pit, we got drive, driving to the meeting. The pastor stopped, and he picked up this guy. Now this guy got into the car, and we're like, you know, you ever get around somebody and you go, you're just like, ooh. You don't know what it is, but you're still like, it's like oogie. You get this oogie feeling when they get, get around you. And I call it a spirit of ooh. <laughs> you might know what I'm talking about because you get around some people and you just kind of take a step back. Ooh. This guy gets in the car and he sits down next to me and I go, ooh. Because I'm thinking, this guy's got something going on, you know. So when we got to the meeting and we started praying for people, it was a spirit of infirmity that had gripped this guy. I mean, he was white as a ghost. And so when we called it out and, and he started to get a little crazy, so I just hugged him tightly and I prayed 
And he kept reaching for the stage. He's reaching for the stage. There's a, a cross, like right in between the, where our flags are. There's a, a cross hanging there. And he's like reaching. And they brought him that cross. And they put it in his hands while I'm holding him. And as soon as he got that cross, he got delivered. He just, whew. His color came back to him. His infirmities left him. He was free. It's a beautiful thing. And it was just, remember that, Delonta? No, and, and, and then the night before, we had this kid. I forget what that was that was on him. But God identifies. Because, see, one of the things is, you know, that, is, uh, that he gives us, well, we'll get into all of it, is uh, discerning of spirits. And so to discern the spirit, you know, it's a gift. And, and then God shows you what's going on. See, discerning of spirits is discerning of spirits. Everybody say spirits. Spirits. Not discerning of people. A lot of people use the gift of discerning of spirits to discern people. And then they judge them. Because you can't get rid of people. You got to get rid of the spirit. Amen. So you got to discern the spirit. See, so if Delonda, Delonda is a very loving, caring person. She really is. She's just so amazing. It's great being married to her. <laughs> I'm just going points right now. <laughs> so when Delonda's not that way, and she's angry and, she, and there's something, I don't pray against Delonda. I, I say, Lord, what's attacking Delonda? See, because a lot of times we'll just push people away, but what we got to do is ask the Lord. See, because he says, desire the, desire the gifts, amen? So I desire discerning spirits. What is coming against my wife right now that I need to come against? I don't need to come against my wife, but I need to come against that thing that's attacking my wife. And too many times in the church, we come against the person and not against the spirit. And we, we push the person away when we shouldn't be pushing that spirit away that's attacking them. Right. See, that's why we need the gifts. We need that discerning of spirits so we understand what's attacking them so that we can attack that thing and not the person. So he says, desire the best gift. That's a great gift. Now, when somebody comes to you and they need healing, the best gift you can get is, is the gift of healing or the working of miracles. So this, this is where we got to ask God, tug on it. You, you know what? There's no age cap on it. You can ask for the gifts. You can ask for God to move through you in the gifts of healing or whatever, and, and God will do it. If you have the faith to step out and pray, he'll do it. Doesn't matter how, how knowledgeable you are in the word. If you believe, he'll do it. I got more scripture. Next one. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So the Holy Spirit manifests in you not to profit you, but to profit everybody. Amen. Not to make you look good, not to give you a ministry, but to bless the whole. Amen. God wants to move to you in a powerful way 
For to one is given this, the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one of the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as he wills. The Holy Spirit does the distribution. You don't just get to say, well, I want this one. Don't limit God, amen? Don't limit God. Just, Just say, whatever you need, ask for, amen? He said, desire the best one. The best one that you need is the one that you need in that moment. Now, God will give you words of wisdom on how to respond to things, on how to to, to react to what's going on. He'll give you wisdom in situations. And we just got to take it, amen? You got to ask God, give me that word of wisdom right now because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to react. Tell me what I'm supposed to do right now. How am I going to respond? Or, or the word of knowledge. You know, when you pray for people and God gives you knowledge about their situation and he tells you exactly what's going on in their life. It's like when Jesus went to the woman at the well, And he says, hey, could you give me a drink? And she says, eh, you know, I'm not the kind of woman you want to ask a drink from. And he's like, why? She says, well, you know, then he he brings up, you know, your five husbands. And and the one that you're living with right now is, is not really your husband? You mean, that's why? You don't want to give me a drink? See, he got a word of knowledge. He knew right where that woman was at, amen? And and he just called it out. But listen, this is what he didn't do. He didn't grab a microphone. Hey, listen, everybody. This woman is living, has been married five times, and now the guy that she's with, she hasn't even married yet. See, God gives words of knowledge, not so that you can embarrass people in front of people, not so that you can call them out, I hate that stuff. I I believe in love. Love covers. See, Jesus didn't do that when all the disciples were there. He did it when they weren't around. He did it when it was just him and her. And in the natural, he shouldn't have even talked to her. Because of the legalistic stuff. But he broke all the legalistic stuff. And he said, hey, listen. Been married five times, the guy you're living with. And what he's telling her is he's like, you've had a rough life. But I still love you. I still love you. And she got so excited. She went back and she went to the city and she told him, hey, man, there's this guy out there. He told me about my life. He still loves me. I think it's the son of God. We need to go talk to him. And they had revival for a couple of days. They just hang out for a couple of days. And then the disciples would come like, hey, we got your food. And he was like, I'm not hungry. They're like, what? It's like when you go buy somebody a burger, then they tell you, I'm not hungry. You're like, I just wasted all this time and money and everything, getting you food, and you're not going to eat it? Jesus says, man, you guys got to understand the most important thing 
I was able to witness to this lady. She's going to go and she's going to bring the whole town out here and we're going to have revival for a couple of days because of what happened right here at this well. See, that word of knowledge can be so powerful when used correctly. Because, it, it, like I said, it's not used to expose people. It's used to expose the darkness and shed light on it. And Jesus is the light. But you know, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And God gives you these gifts, not so you can spread darkness, but so you can expose the darkness with the light. That you can take that light that's in you and you can shine it down on people's lives to where they go, I got to tell my friends about you. I got to go get somebody. I got to tell somebody what's happening right now because it's just overwhelming to me right now. You know, so that, that's it. And then there's the gift of faith. The faith to believe what God has said. Amen. I mean, we, we're here because we're people of faith. But there's a gift of faith that'll take that level of faith to another level. Amen. That where you, you're able to step out and do things and say things because you have faith that God's going to do it. You, you have that gift to see things happen. And when you have that gift, God will move through it. God will use it. Amen. So that when you know, well, I'm going to sow today. See, giving to, other, giving to the ministries, ministry, like when we have a guest speaker and I sow into that minister, I believe God's going to multiply it. Amen? I gave a guy one time $50 that came. We had a guest speaker. I gave him $50. Like, okay. That week I was trying to give, I was trying to give a car away. Give it away. I wanted to give it. I didn't want any money for it, Liz. I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to bless somebody, you know. I just wanted to say, here, man. So I'm, I'm at the dealership because I'm buying an, a, a new vehicle. And I'm buying a new vehicle. They won't even take my car on trade. I go, I asked the guy, I go, what do I do with my car? He goes, give it away or something. And while I'm sitting at the dealership, this guy calls me. Hey, pastor, I need you to be praying for me. I need a, I need a car. I said, you're in luck. I'll give you a car tomorrow. I said, here's my address. Just come, come and get it. And he's like, I said, hey, it runs great. It's fine. It's a little ugly, but it runs great. So he comes over, Greg. And he says, how much do you want for it? I said, uh, give me a dollar. He goes, ah, oh, man, I can't give you a dollar. I said, all right, give me $5. That's it, $5. So he pulls out five $100 bills. And he has me $500. I said, no, I meant $5, man. And the Lord told me, take it. I'm like, okay, $500. Here, he fill out the paperwork and he left. And the Lord said, I'm paying you 10 times back what you, you gave on Sunday. Amen. See, when you, when you step into that gift of faith to sow, I'm going to give 
and it hurts. It's like when I asked you last week to make a faith promise for missions, and it hurts. I, I tell you, I looked through those things, because I know we didn't have a lot of people here last week, but I was blessed by what I saw. I was really blessed by that. I was like, wow, you know, um, because God just does amazing things. And I know this, because of your step of faith, God's going to bless you. See, because that, that's a gift when you say, I'm just going to do this, Lord. I'm going to write this, and I believe God will bless you, amen? And the gift of faith, is, is there a list up there anywhere? Did I put that up there? Is it next? No, I didn't do that. I didn't make a slide. The gift of healing. Let me um, look this up in my Bible here, because I think I did it out of the New Living. 1 Corinthians 12. Yes, verse 9 in the New King James says, gifts of healing. Gifts of healing. That means it's like, and, and I've seen this too, I've seen it at work, that certain people have a gift to heal certain things. You know, like somebody will have a gift. It's just like every time they pray for somebody's back, that back gets healed, you know? They pray for something else. I've seen a guy one time pray for teeth and I mean, I stood there with a flashlight while he prayed, looking in people's mouth. People's, they're, they're kind of ugly, you know. But I watched, I watched people's feelings turn to gold. Them old, ugly, you know, amalgahide or whatever things we used to get, you know. And they just changed color. I watched it with a flashlight. This guy had a gift of healing for teeth. And it was amazing. Pastor John Boss, he pastors the Friends Church up on Ontario. His turn to platinum. And he said, well, I don't believe you. I watched it. I watched it with a flashlight. I watched it change. You can go talk to him. He's at the Friends Church up the street. Just go, but don't stay. You got the miracle here. Just remember that. <laughs> so, you know, there's just, there's different gifts of healings, I believe. And so, but it, it comes down to what you have that faith for. You know, maybe God shows you that thing, shows you that. And, and it just comes up and out of you that when you pray for tumors, they dissolve. You know, or when you pray for cancer, it goes. You know, and you pray for somebody's eyes and they're healed. But, you know, desire the gifts. Amen? Desire the gifts. Desire. Everybody say desire. desire. Desire to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen? Desire that. And, and then when, if you say, Lord, I desire to lay hands on the sick, then start doing it. And then let God be God. Oh, and then, you know, the killer to that one, Liz, is what? What if? What if? That's the killer. Well, what if they don't get healed? What if, what if nothing happens? You know, in our Wednesday night prayers, used to be Friday nights, Wednesday nights, Elvia, who's not here today, but they, she brings a lot of people that have cancer. And every one of them that she's brought, the cancer's gone. 
Every one of them. Every one of them. They come, they get prayer. We, we had a conversation on Friday. She's like, Pastor, let me tell you, remember that lady that came that had the, she was like, oh, she's fine now. Remember my sister-in-law, she had this, she's fine now. And she just started naming all these people that she's brought that have had an issue of cancer that are fine now. See, so that, that's where you, you know, and it's not, it's not me because I, I can't heal anybody, amen? You can't heal anybody, but God through you can do a lot, amen? What do you sing today? All things are possible. So you just got to believe. You got to have that faith to step out that says, I mean, see, you see how a lot of these things work together? You got to have that faith to step out to heal and you got to desire it. And as you do, God will move in you, amen? Gifts of healing. And then the working of miracles. You know, Pastor Dave explained this to me one time, healing and miracles. Healing can happen over days, but a miracle is instantaneous. A miracle happens right now. And we're all desiring to see miracles, aren't we? We all want to see the miracles, you know. But I believe we've been seeing a lot of healings where, you know, we pray for people and they feel good and everything and then they leave. You know, like LB, all those people, they've been, they, don't, they haven't come back, but they've been healed. And it's just that as they've left, it's just worked out and they're all in remission or whatever. It's all gone now, so... See, there's that miracle, though, it happens instantaneous. Miracles, they get up out of the chair. Miracles, their leg grows out. A miracle is just, you know, the pain leaves, you know. And uh, that, that's what we're, we're all, I really want to see miracles. I really want to see miracles. But most of all, I just want Jesus. I just want Jesus. Amen. I just want him, his presence. Because I know that in his presence is where the miracles happen. So just desire Jesus in your life and let him flow. Desire the gifts and then prophecy. Prophecy. Turn the page here, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. See, you exhort somebody, you edify them. And we all, I've asked you, how many of you need edifying? How many of you need encouraging? How many of you need, you know, exhorting? And you all raise your hands. We all need it, amen. But listen, when you get it from a godly perspective, when you get it from the spirit of God, it's amazing because God narrows it down to right where you're at. And when people begin to prophesy, I was, I was in England one time and, uh, I told the pastor, I said, I have a prophetic word. It was Pastor Robert Mosbach. I was the guest speaker. I said, I have a prophetic word during worship. And he goes, go ahead, go give it. So I went and gave it. And then he just looked at me and he goes, you know, like, just keep going. So I prophesied for the next four hours. And, but I, I did, you know, there's certain things in ministry you remember. You know, and, and this guy, I prophesied to him. And I said, the Lord's telling me, take your shoes off. You're not going anywhere. And he just fell down crying. And he came to me last, after the evening, he said, my bags were packed and I was leaving this place. 
And then the Lord tells me through you, take your shoes off. You're not going anywhere. And he says, I'm not supposed to go. See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That you come, and it's not just that you have an encouraging word, but you encourage through the Spirit, you know? You encourage through the Spirit what God is telling you for people. That you, and you begin to speak it out. And the, the best encouragement you can give people is through the Word. Through the Word that you, you share when people don't, aren't feeling loved, you declare it to them. Hey, listen, God says love never fails. Love never fails. And just love them. Amen. Get the word in you so that when you come to church, you're not coming to hear a word as much as you're coming to give a word. See, you, you've got to come prepared to share with somebody. And I'm not saying you have to come to the pulpit, but I'm saying you talk to people. You're going to go out here after service. You're going to sit down. You're going to have coffee and a piece of cake or a pie or a cookie. And she's got some nice cookies out there I saw today and um, I'm not going to eat one I don't I already had my donut for the day <laughs> but you know you, you get, you, you, it's your opportunity to just to share what God has given you you know God gave me a song in the middle of the night I can't sing it because I don't remember it all but, but it, it had to do with a train there's a train of rolling. And man, I was, is that old Johnny Cash kind of singing, you know? I was on a roll. Was, I was flowing, man, in my sleep, man. I was going. And let me tell you what, you better get on God's train. Because it's rolling. And he says, it's coming by. But if you don't get a ticket, it's going to pass you by. You've got to be on board with Christ. Get on his train. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on what he wants to do and what he has. Amen. But that just, in, my, in the night, I wish I would have recorded it as I was, as it was going through my head. I, I would have just, it was, I loved it. And then there's, there's this, you know, so there's prophecy. Prophesy to one, encourage one another, comfort one another. You know, a lot of times we just need comforting. You know, sometimes we just need to know it's going to be okay. Amen. You need to know, I'm going to make it. And you need, sometimes somebody just needs to come and tell you, you're going to make it. It's okay. You're going to make it. God's got a plan. You're going to make it. I'm telling you right now, you're going to make it. Amen. And then as I talked about discerning of spirits, you know, it's not discerning people's flesh. It's just discerning the spiritual thing that's behind them. You know, you really need to pray, you know, when you see people out of sorts, what's attacking them. How many of you ever get attacked? If you're pressing into God, you're going to get attacked. And then there's different kinds of tongues. And different kinds of tongues times would be praying in different languages you know like before we ever went to china delonda prayed in chinese for two years one of our ladies carol powell she prays in different languages i remember one time i was praying in 
um, it sounded like American Indian. And Pastor Dave's like, Ron, you sound like you're going to war. I said, I felt like I was in war. I was praying like an American Indian. And I was just going to town. And it came up in me so strong. So there's different kinds of tongues. And then, then it talks about in, in, uh, different kinds of tongues. Now listen, there is the gift of tongues, okay? The gift of tongues is a prophetic ministry. The gift of tongues is used in a public setting. Like, if God, the Spirit of the Lord came upon you and you prayed in the Spirit in a corporate setting, out, you know, you're the only one, you just go. But then there needs to be interpretation of that tongue. That needs to be interpreted, amen? So the gift of tongues, but your prayer language that you pray on your own is not the gift of tongues, okay? It's the evidence of being filled with the Spirit. See, when you get the gift of the Holy Spirit, that's the gift, the Holy Spirit. What shows that you have the Holy Spirit is that you can pray in tongues. That, that is not the gift of tongues. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The evidence, because you see when you read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, that when they were together all in one place, the Holy Spirit come upon them and filled them, and they all spoke in tongues. Okay? So I believe that we can all speak in tongues if we're filled with the Spirit. Because, and I know that we have a measure of the Spirit at salvation, that the Holy Spirit is what draws us to Christ, amen? The Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus and cause, convicts us of sin, brings us to repentance, that we desire Jesus. But when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. But the gift of the Holy Spirit is a public ministry. Now, Liz will pray in tongues. I'll pray in tongues up here when we're worshiping, when we're praying. Pray in the Spirit. We're using our prayer language. Sometimes it's prophetic and it needs to be interpreted. Sometimes we just pray in the Spirit and then we just start talking about what we're, what's in our spirit. And it's, that's the interpretation. But God, God, there's different kinds of tongues. So there's the gift of tongues and there's the gift of the Holy Spirit which gives you your prayer language to pray in the spirit. Do you understand? Is there any questions on that? Oh, because this is, this is a, a contested thing with people. And I try to explain it as easy as I can. So if you have any questions, I'll let you do it right now. You're like, I've never been to a church that won't give, let you ask questions. <laughs> I just want you to understand it. So if you want, if you want more on that, just give me a call. And then, so you have different kinds of tongues. Interpretation of tongues is when somebody publicly speaks out and it's when they're louder than everybody else. They speak out in tongues and it needs to be interpreted, okay? You understand? Interpreted in that language, in your language that you speak. You good? But when you get filled with the Spirit, I believe that every person filled with the Spirit can speak in tongues. 
Now, I get asked all kinds of questions all the time. You know, how come pastors talk about the Holy Spirit and they don't pray in tongues? I don't know. All I know is Galana's dad laid hands on me. And he, he asked me first, he said, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Speak in tongues? I said, no, sir. He goes, do you want to? I said, I want everything that God has for me. He put his hand on my head. He prayed for the Holy Spirit to fill me. I started praying in tongues. I prayed in tongues for two hours. He sat me down in a chair and just let me go. Two hours. I just didn't stop. I could barely stop enough to get up and go home. And, and I've seen thousands and thousands of people that when I laid hands on them, they got filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. So you, you can't ever tell me that it's not for everybody. I've seen over 30,000 people get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. As I told you last week, I, like 2,700 in one day in Peru one time. That's just one day. And, I, and when I'm in Peru, I do like 16 to 20 meetings in a week. But if you're, you desire, he'll fill you. It'll flow. Amen. It'll flow. I had one guy that was searching for it for 20 years. I seen him last Saturday. And that guy, he always gives me a hug. He goes, man, he goes, it's because of you I'm in the ministry now. I said, it ain't me, man. It's got nothing to do with me. It's the Lord. But he, when he wanted to get filled with the Holy Spirit, he thought I was arrogant. Because it, it, to me, it's simple. You ask. Amen? And he gives. And he fills you. And you can pray. And he thought I was arrogant because I made it sound too simple. Because I said, I want you to repeat a prayer after me. I'm going to pray for you. And then we're all going to pray in tongues. And he thought, this guy's crazy. It's not that simple. It is that simple. If that's simple, if you believe, right? If you believe, it's that simple. If you believe that God desires to fill you and you desire God, you desire the spirit, it's that simple. You ask and he'll fill you. Shut off all the false teaching that says you can't pray in tongues. Shut that off, deny it, rebuke it and say, God, I desire you. And he'll flow. Oh my gosh, I got to hurry. That was supposed to be a short part of my message today. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he gives them out and we're to use them as they're given, amen? He tells us to desire them, desire the gifts, desire to use them so that we can encourage someone, amen? Not so you can say, look at me, look what I can do, but no, so you can say, look what God does. Look at what God can do. God can do it through you. Amen? This way people find hope. They find healing. They want to be encouraged. Amen? So they don't quit. They need to be encouraged so they don't quit. And the gifts are not just for inside the church. They're for out there in the world that you might win someone to Jesus and restore their hope. Amen? God wants you to restore hope. And hope is the last one of, of our encourage and our mission and vision. Psalm 16, verse 9, it says, Therefore my heart is glad. And my glory rejoices, my flesh also 
will rest in hope. The toughest people to minister to are people that have lost hope. Because they can't see a way out. Hopelessness is a tough thing. But Psalms 31, 24, it says, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All you who hope in his mercy, he will strengthen you. Psalms 33, 22, let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. The greatest hope we have is in Jesus Christ for our eternal life, amen? That is the greatest hope. That when that trumpet sounds, we're going we're gonna to go there. I read that scripture to you, I think, last week about going in the world. In, in Thessalonians, that, you know, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then those who are alive and in Christ will go next. We're going to go with them. Our body is decaying. You know, if we stay in this world, our body's going to give out at some point. And we'll be the dead in Christ. But my hope is, and probably everybody's hope in this room right now, is that we hope Jesus comes back while we're alive and well. Amen? That we're alive and in Christ and we're going to go. That We'll be here talking one minute. That video I showed you, I think it was last week, you know, where the, the mom was going to open the door and her son was following her. And, and then, bam, and then mom was gone. And the kid's like, Where'd she go? And then he ran down to the church. There's nobody there. I'll just know this. Hope is not a wish. Not I wish God would it. No. Hope is a confident expectation of God's promise, provision, and character. That he is who he says he is. He does what he says he does. Amen. And you're confident in that. And you're not moved on that. This is, this is the confidence that brings hope to us, amen? You're stuck on it. My God said this, I believe it. And, you know, so many people ask questions on the word of God, and I don't, I don't. I don't ask a lot of questions about the Bible. Sometimes if I get stuck, I'll ask a question. But I don't ask, I read it and I say, okay. That's it. I'm all, Okay. Because my hope is in the word, amen? My hope is in the Lord. My hope is in him. I'm confident in him. This is his word. I'm confident this is his word, amen? I'm confident of his promises in his word, his provision in the word, and his character in this word. And when I became born again, the desire, my desire for him is that he put his character on me, amen, in me. That my character be changed to be where I reflect Christ. That's where he wants to take us. And his promises are yes and amen to them that believe. Amen. Do you believe today? Yes. Have you put all your hope in Jesus? Yes. This side's a little active over here. I'm a little concerned about you guys over here. You're real quiet. <laughs> Come on now. Do you, have you put your hope in Jesus? Yes. All right. We get a little clap happy now. All right. Putting your hope in Jesus will bring peace. Because, it, see, just because you believe in Jesus does not mean you're not going to go through things on this earth. But because my hope is in Jesus, how I go through things is the difference. 
Amen. I'm either going to go through them with faith that God's got it, or I'm going to go through it and be the maddest, meanest person that you know. But when you have faith and your hope is in Christ and your hope is in his word, things will happen and you're just not going to be moved. You're going to say, God's got it. You know, Delonda always tells me, she says, well, you know, God knew thousands of years ago that this was going to happen today. Uh, yep, he sure did. So he knows what to do. So I ask for a word of wisdom so that he gives me that wisdom on how to, ha- how to do it. Amen? That's what he does. He takes you through. Let your hope be in Christ. Don't be moved by everything going on. Our hope is not in the president. Our hope is not in our nation. Our hope is in Jesus. Because there's places in the world that are doing this right now. Illegally. And they don't care. They don't care what happens. The police come. I was in a meeting one time and the police broke in and they hid me. And why I'm hiding in the attic. I hear the people begin to praise God. They begin to praise the Lord. And they begin to dance before the Lord. And after a bit, the, the police broke it up. And they said, you're not Christians. And they said, why would you say that? Oh, Christians don't dance. See, the world has a way they think Christians should be. So they took them to the word and they showed them how David danced before the Lord. And they said, this is why we dance. We believe in Jesus. They didn't care about what the police thought. They just wanted to glorify God. Amen. Their hope is in Jesus. And I know, I know we all go through things. I just stand here today and I look out and I see you've gone through things that are not easy, but you keep coming. And you keep pressing in. And as long as you maintain that confidence in Jesus, that hope in the Lord, he'll bring you through. But as part of our mission, I want to encourage you today to bring hope to people around you. Let there be a mission of hope to touch people's lives. That you're that encouragement. You're that encourager. That pulls people out of hopelessness into hope. Because that's what God wants to do through you. Let's pray. Praise you, Father. We glorify you, God. You're so good to us. And we thank you, Father God, that you give gifts to men and women. 
that you give gifts to us, God. So that, Lord, that we could be used of you, that we can be the light of the world, and we can shine that light into dark places. And, Father God, that I pray that you show us all those that have lost hope, God. And we can encourage them. We can build them and help restore their hope today, God. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, my hope has been in the tank lately. I've just been bombarded in, in my hope. I've been feeling hopelessness. It's been really hard. I want to pray for you today. If that's you, just wave at me right now and just say, Pastor, pray for me right now. If you've been feeling hopeless. Everybody's good. Praise God. So, Father, I pray that you would take the hope that is in this room. And, Father, that you move through us in these days ahead. To even reach out to people that are not here today. To restore their hope, God. Restore their hope. That, Lord, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, will you use us to encourage people in the things of God. Help us to build your kingdom on this earth, Father. Lord, that lives are changed and transformed, Father. We love you so much, Father, and we thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand today, huh? Hallelujah.